and Corey and Kirsty, and this is the Angsty Book Society. All right. Nice cold open there. Hmm. Cold open. Hello. Welcome to the Angsty Book Society. Welcome. Podcast. Welcome. Sorry, Corey. I spoke over you when we discussed this. We're going to try not to speak over each other. Yeah. As much. We all say that, but we do it a lot, and it's very hard to edit out. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) We've all been friends for over 10 years, 15 years. Speaking over each other is a sign of affection, I think, for one another, but for the sake of, you know. Listening. Yeah, being more professional. We're doing our best. I mean, I feel like I hear all you guys, though, even though we're talking over each other. That's what matters. Yeah, so... Um, Welcome to the Anxie Book Society. Hello. Where our mission is <laughs> to read books and talk about how they make us feel. Good feelings, bad feelings, every feeling you can muster up. All the feelings. Yeah, Sometimes too many. Oh, we're, we're doing it already. <laughs> <laughs> we don't discriminate against feelings here at the Anxie Book Society. We like to let ourselves just really ruminate in what we're feeling. It's where we shine. <laughs> yes. Erin, <laughs> would you like to set the mood? Because I don't know what you're drinking. I'm drinking water. Fresh from the water supply of my house. The sink is what yes. she means. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good for you. Kirstie brought a Starbucks coffee. Corey brought a St. Louis Bread Co coffee none of this panera bullshit yeah so if you guys didn't know there's a place called st louis bread company it is panera but because you don't live in st louis you know it as panera because they when they wanted to expand they did a survey and it was all negative things associated with st louis so they didn't think it would do well so they changed the name like miami subs and now you all have it all over the world you guys love it or so we're gonna switch country. the name back i mean look, st louis bread company australia i think of giant spiders and kangaroos that are gonna punch me in the face but and nobody's sharks. changing and sharks but no one's changing the name of outback steakhouse that's true Lumin- i thought Lumin- of the Lumin- opera onions. house immediately I thought and of the sunset and the beach well the last time <laughs> <laughs> alligators <laughs> frequent australia <laughs> Email us at angstybookclub at gmail.com. Let us know about that alligator problem in Australia. For now. Is it real? Um, Do you okay. have news? So, yeah, we got different... Well, hold on. And then we got a lot of scents oh, going on. We, so, we're sitting in yeah. my living room because um, we don't normally record here because there's not a good space in my house. But I'm going on vacation next week. And Corey and Kirsty are going to pet sit for me. So, I had to show them how to take care of my animals and their neediness she's a true veterinarian at heart <laughs> i mean you yes. really are like an incredible caregiver to watching you I have to wrangle be. those cats and <laughs> inject them with medicine with was amazing it's 10 out of 10 it's gotten easier over the last few months since their illnesses occurred um but we've got let's see some little gel bead air freshener. I think it's like a fresh linen. <laughs> I've got the spray thing that you might hear in the background. It goes off every like couple minutes. I don't know what scent it is. It's like a jasmine. And then we have a Capri Blue uh, 
candle because they're fancy. We didn't even lit it though. Lit it? It's not lit. Uh, it ain't lit. <laughs> Get ready. It's, it's just, it ain't. It's just smelling smell. it. Yeah, you know? I can smell, smell it instantly. It does. I, there's a, like a lighter right there. It's the middle of July. It's a little warm. If you guys want to blend these scents yeah, together, that's how. Last episode, we don't light candles in <laughs> the summer. See, I. <laughs> it's hot. Like one lit candle is gonna warm up your house it too just, much. It will. Just turning on the dang oven for like two minutes. I like candles all throughout okay. summer. It's well, fine. Um, I made some tater tots earlier, and I thought my whole house was gonna. See, I don't cook hot foods tater. though. I will light the candles, but not the hot foods, except for coffee. But That's we, fair. yeah. Whatever. Let's just talk about this book. Um, but we did have some news. Oh yeah, news. Do so, we? The last episode, news we kind of just decided Bailey was gonna join officially. And then yes. she went and told us she couldn't record this month. So, well, the news is we're going to invite Bailey to be a part of it. Except just not this month. Yes. She read the book. She's <laughs> going to tell us her feelings about it. She didn't send them to us in time. We'll have her make a post on the Instagram yeah. with all of her thoughts and feelings. Um, she has promised us a beautiful flat lay. Yes, yeah, she did. So, we'll get her to post on there, but... Since I think we are recording a little earlier this month than we usually do, it was kind of a tight timeline, and as you probably have heard us say multiple times, she's a librarian, and well, mm-hmm. when the library calls, you answer. You answer. She must answer. But she she writes a, a strong review on Goodreads, so, yeah. you know. Just go there if you want to Look out for that. Thoughts. Yeah. Um, Corey, you did something yesterday. For the Angsty Book Society. Oh, yeah. I bought us a domain. That's right. Yeah. I was so excited about that. Yeah. So, actually, we're going to have an angstybooksociety.com very soon. There's, like, some placeholder content there because... It's good placeholder as, content. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Um, I just... Nothing more than when I come home from my full-time job of doing web development is to come home and do more of it. <laughs> so, uh, please I can help you if you want. patient with me. Uh, as I get that all up. So we'll have our own um, hello at angstybooksociety.com email address where you guys can email in your suggestions or questions or comments and uh, maybe even a blog on there and links yeah. to all of our socials. That way you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so yeah, that's coming your way. So much content. So much content. Uh, or if you appreciate a good website. Yeah. I no, I do. Yeah. Big deal. Websites are important. <laughs> all right. We covered all our bases. Do we do it? I think so. But we do what need to tell them is. which book we're even doing. Right. I've got it pulled up. Uh, we are doing Aurora Rising by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. As of recording date, July 18th, 2019. Yeah. It has a 4.23 on Goodreads. Out of 8,298 ratings and 2,471 reviews. That's pretty good. Recording. So, this is a newer book. It came out how many? Just a few months ago, I feel like. And they're like a couple or married? Yeah. Which I didn't know. I think you told me. Yep. I think she's like either. Are they married or are they just a couple? I think they're married. They just have two different last names. That's why I'm like confused. But that's so modern to do. I mean, they could be pen names. Ah, shit. What the hell? 
it just sounds sounds so normal you just get to choose like i always want to be next to my oh it's yeah Uh, amy kaufman Mm -hmm. jay christoph or mr christoph um that's their emails by the way australian you're so hip oh my god we just talked about australia (laughs) please sponsor our our australian tour Just sponsor us. Send the tickets to the Angsty Book Society at gmail.com. Yeah, I thought it was cool that they were a couple writing this together. And you could tell that you had, like, some. it's really nice to sometimes have two writers, I think, because you can separate the characters a little bit more and their personalities, but they also melded pretty well. Yeah, like you have, especially with the dis- these different like a, perspectives. I, yeah. There's seven different pers- character perspectives in this yes. novel. So you get a little bit of different differentiation between the character voices it'd be cool to guess like which characters were written by the same person which ones weren't but also maybe they just wrote all the characters mini spoiler somebody really likes to talk about boobs because there were several characters in here where we got to learn about different characters breasts so yes do with that what you will i do have some comments later about those things okay um, we'll get into it but should we get into the yeah description of the book? describe the book all right and then what we rated it and thought of it you know all right so i'm gonna read you the inside cover as as we always do it's pretty huge. the year is 2380 and the graduating cadets of aurora academy are being assigned their first mis- missions star pupil tyler jones is ready to recruit the squad of his dreams but his own boneheaded heroism sees him stuck with the dregs nobody else in the academy would touch a cocky dick diplom- <laughs> <laughs> boobs and dicks a yeah cocky, a cocky dick. no a cocky diplomat with a black belt in sarcasm a sociopath scientist with a fondness for shooting her bunkmates a smart ass tech whiz with the galaxy's biggest chip on his shoulder an alien warrior with anger management issues a tomboy pilot who's totally not into Thai, in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. And Thai squad isn't even his biggest <laughs> problem. That would be Aurora G. Lynn O'Malley, the girl who he just rescued from interdimensional space. Trapped in cry- cryosleep for two centuries, Ori is a girl out of time and out of her depth. But she could be the catalyst for a war millions of years in the making, and Tyler's squad of losers, discipline cases, and misfits might just be the last hope for the entire galaxy nobody panic bum, bum, bum. don't panic just like um you know oh my god hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> oh nobody panic yeah i'm getting a lot of vibes of other books and tv shows here so it's very vibes. yeah yes. we'll talk about those too in a bit but hail hydra yeah hail hydra um what would you give it star rating good me, reads e- either uh, yeah let's you do look, it you both looked at me i, I looked guess i'm first both of you but i guess you looked at me when i looked at you <laughs> i tend to do that mm-hmm. when people speak to me um i gave it a five i kind of Ooh, thinking back and forth between a four Throwing and a five fives. but i enjoyed it a lot especially when i first started reading it like i couldn't put it down like so good when, like i think in two days i read the whole first half of the book and then it was like okay i'm gonna take a break because we're gonna probably read it next month so i want the end to be a lot closer yeah and then i mean i did take about a month off before i picked it back up but i still enjoyed it and like wanted to finish it and 
I like the storytelling. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Never read like a sci-fi. Didn't know how I was going to feel about it, but I was like, hey, I like Star Wars and stuff. It's cool. I was a little worried because I was like, Erin's either going to really love this book because she loves Star Wars and Doctor Who and like that kind of stuff or she's going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what well, I thought. Read another sci-fi <laughs> yeah. I was like, is it going to get like too Star Trek-y? But I don't know. I nah, nah. I gave this book a four out of five. Um, mostly because I thought it had a really, really strong beginning and a really strong ending, but the middle for me was a little hard to get through. Um, not terrible, but it didn't like if if you've read this book then you know like from the very first moment of the first chapter you're like sucked in and I think there's a lot of history and politics and stuff that need to get you need to get filled in on in order to understand exactly what's going on in this world and that's what the middle was all about and I love that kind of stuff but it did slow down the pace a lot so that's why I gave it a four out of five okay I'm going to give it, I give it a 4.5, but I do like all that backstory history stuff, especially the sci-fis, because that's what I'm like super interested in. Um, I don't know. I love sci-fis. I love space so much. It's just, has a deep place in my heart watching sci-fi stuff with my dad. Um, But yeah, 4.5, just because there are, and we'll get into it, but like I liked the story I liked how it was developing it was just some of the dialogue and character things that I wasn't like super convinced about or super like into yeah so just character things with the the story itself and like how it flowed and the descriptions and all that good stuff I loved so yeah I'm in all right well now that we've all bought in yeah bought in i put it in my notes somewhere it's like somewhere halfway through i'll find it later but it's like i'm fucking in (laughs) (laughs) i'm in yeah put a sticky note where this moment happened and i'm like i'm fucking in (laughs) i am committed ready committed yeah it's going down so let's kind of i guess uh talk about some of the characters and stuff that go on and actually kind of describe what's going on in the book first without spoiling too much Okay. Can we do that? Yeah, I think can so. Can we manage we can that? Talk a All bit right. About, like Aurora Academy and the different like student types or whatever you'd call them. Yes. So it's really cool. We're in twenty. What was it? Twenty one, thirty eight, twenty three, twenty three, twenty three, eighty. Excuse me. We're yeah. like way up there. Um, we're in space in the yes. Milky Way at Aurora Academy. Way out there. Space station. Mm-hmm. It's a space yeah. station. Yep. And there, it's like a cadet. or was a space station turned into a. Uh, yeah a a school yeah so you go for five years and everyone at the academy specializes in one of six areas so there's aces faces (laughs) (laughs) you gotta pick the two that rhyme first aces and faces he says something really funny uh ty he makes a rhyme he's got the best face or got the best face and the best uh ace a- oh he's got got an ace in the best i don't know there it's in there somewhere it's really funny. You'll figure it's it out. not funny right now but <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah we got aces faces tanks uh gearheads oh you got some of it 
Oh no, yeah. they're not gearheads. They're what are they called? Are they called gearheads? Yeah. So, yeah. Why they're do they just call it on the back, anyways? Okay. Aces, <laughs> faces, <laughs> gearheads, tanks. Uh, what's the pilot called? The ace. The ace. The ace. Yeah. And then the alphas and the brains. Alpha. There, okay, I alpha it. and no, brains. All out there. Thank there you so much, so Aaron. You specialize in one of these categories, and. Or your mystery girl. <laughs> or your mystery girl, who's not a girl at a time. But uh, so the characters you can attend one of these, or you can attend this academy for five years. You specialize in one of these things. At graduation, you get put into a group. You get drafted. Yeah. yeah. And if you're like by the alphas, valedictorian alpha, then you get to pick your team. The prefect, so to say. Yeah, the prefect. The golden boy. The golden boy. The gansy of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you have gansied your way through Aurora Academy, then you get to pick your team, and it's like dodgeball. You get to pick the best players, only you don't have to take turns with the other best player on the other team. Yes. However, for our main character here, Tyler, he is the golden boy, but he kind of gets himself in a pickle and isn't able to pick his team, and so that's how he ends up with the losers and sociopaths and dregs of Aurora Academy. And that's like how we get our story moving. So I don't know what else. I mean, I mean, essentially, yeah. yeah. He we he saves the uh, the Garada time, and then the story kind of revolves around again the draft not going. He misses the draft because he's saving. He's rescuing this mystery girl. Um, he gets left with all the the leftover people at the academy who <laughs> aren't so dirty to say i know right? i'm like the, the leftovers <laughs> which he isn't excited about but um except his sister and his best friend yeah, his decide sister to and join Ace him both yeah pretty high in class too they refuse to get drafted yeah. by others so yeah, i mean half his team is not desirable half of his team is and it follows them trying to figure out um kind of about this mystery girl and working together so yeah lots of good things happen yeah so i'll introduce our characters and then is this typically where we start the level five spoilers yeah, probably after. because we accidentally slip stuff i think when we start talking about people anytime we start talking about anything we accidentally spoil it all for you <laughs> just stop listening or um so yeah we have tyler who is our alpha he is golden boy he must be perfect at all times he has perfect dimples everyone that looks at him falls in love with him kind of thing and he knows it he doesn't drink and he doesn't no he's just perfect and the only like flaw he has like physically is a cut on his eyebrow Mm -hmm. which like they kind of talk about as if it it just makes him hotter yeah Yeah. and his his best friend gave it to him when they were in like kindergarten i think so yeah so it's not even a some like war wound or something yeah he's like perfect in every way except i would say his overthinking and need to be heroic is his he failure does overthink yeah that is a he hard overthinks. Uh, and like yeah when they're not like when they are he's quick on his feet and coming up with things when they're in the thick of it like in the chaos figuring it out but when they're planning or anything else all he's doing is overthinking he is a hardcore rule follower. Yes. Like to, to a tea. Yeah, to a very uh, dangerous T sometimes. Yes. Because I don't know if we've got any like D&D players out there, uh, but I wrote down that Tyler <laughs> is like the definition of... Uh, I 
Uh, Tyler is lawful good. Um, like lawful, lawful good. good. Have you ever played D and D? No. I think I played Magic with you, but not D and D. Magic is with cards. D and D is with paper and dice. And, um, anyway, Books. Okay. Tyler is the definition of lawful good. Like the character that always wants to save the people, who always wants to, never wants to like loot dead bodies. Like Aww. you're traveling with a lawful good person, they're going to be yelling about the thing that the rest of the people in the party are doing the entire time. That I yeah, you need somebody like that. I mean. I mean, they might, they, maybe they shouldn't be the leader, but they're the morality of the group to at least, like, remind them of, like, the most important things, and then they can kind of, like, pick and choose. The moral compass. Yeah, they're their moral compass, just following them, saying, please stop. And then we have Tyler's twin sister, Scarlet. Go ahead with whatever you found from God knows when. Uh, the highest rank alpha in Aurora Academy, he says. The best ace, a killer face. That sounds like uh, the making of a squad to me. <laughs> the best ace, killer face. At first, I did not understand that until I realized uh, they, they were aces and faces. And then I was like, oh, he does not mean his own. Right face he means his sister who is a face all right so yeah speaking of scarlet you interrupted me (laughs) as we do scarlet is tyler's twin sister and she is the face the face is the diplomat the person in the team that goes and talks to other teams or people they need to go and meet and associate with different governments different countries planets whatnot she is fluent in a handful of languages. Four, four right? I almost mm-hmm. said four, and then I second-guessed myself. I got you. Yeah. Four languages. She's super bubbly and flirtatious. Can make anyone and everyone like her. Kind of. She's yeah. cool. She's, She's got spicy. red hair, so I like her. Yeah. I have a few comments about Scarlet. That Go are ahead. Less than positive. Even though I loved her character. This is not saying I didn't like her. Yes. Um... We needed to just cancel the name Scarlet in literature for the next like. I didn't like that that was her name, yes. Yeah, it's like, oh, they got red hair. What should I name her? Scarlet. It's like Uh, fucking you and everyone else. It's just, I feel like the name is overdone, and it's a beautiful name, but I don't need to read it in every book. Sorry if your name is Scarlet. We've literally read three books this year, and it's the third Scarlet. Right. Well, and then I've read the Lunar Chronicles, yeah. and Scarlet's a character in that, and Scarlet in Taraval, and I'm sure there's other books that I've read where Scarlet has been, like, a major player name. It's a great name. I love the name Scarlet. We just need to, like, lay off of it for, like, five years. At least, like, yeah, give it, I don't know. Let it give it to somebody with, like, red skin or something and not some alien that you have the whole universe <laughs> the entire species has red skin and one of them's named scarlet like well, scarlet <laughs> and caraval she didn't have red hair but her name was still scarlet yeah uh the other thing I but she loved think- red yeah and she looked good in it so the other thing i will say about scarlet is i it drove me nuts. It, like, this is such such a sibling thing, I think, but it drove me nuts that she called Tyler her baby brother the whole time when she was like what seven minutes old. I thought it was funny. It was funny at first, and then it was just like 
he's not your baby brother. That's just... I was waiting for, like, that character development where, like, Scarlet, you know, realizes that her brother's an adult, too, and, like, deserves to be... No, I think she does it in a more endearing way. I was going to say that, where, too. Where, um, he, to keep him kind of grounded, he thinks he's the best, he is the best, he's top boy in the school, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but you need to remember that you are my baby brother. All right. Lead the way, thing. baby bro. Yeah. Come on, baby bro. Like, sometimes she like, says it in, a, like, a sarcastic... Ca- yeah, sometimes she meant it that way. <laughs> but I think it's just... I mean, I didn't like B-Bro, but... Yeah, B-Bro was just weird. I was like, I don't get that. There was a couple, like... Again, we'll get to it, but there was a couple (laughs) language things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Cat. Upsetting. Cat! Cat, the ace! The worst one, and... Yeah. She's the best pilot, the best ace. She was Tyler and Scarlett's, yeah, best friend since kindergarten... And her other nicknames are Zero. She's madly in love with Tyler. There She's is. definitely not madly in love with Tyler. They've mentioned that a couple times. Oh, but she is. She... All she talks about. Pretty it's much. Her motives like, the really entire tough. time. And she's not Yeah, like she's that. really tough. She... Super tough. Definitely Got doesn't. tattoos and like a faux no. hawk kind of thing. You know. It's like a 10 things I hate about you scenario. Yeah. But with I'm tattoos and with a faux hawk. And I hate you. She was definitely my least favorite character of all of them through most of the book. I feel like they did the right thing with her, though, that I want lots of other characters in books. Yes. With her character. When it's characters I don't necessarily like, but they redeem them in yes. a different way. And we'll, we'll talk about that. She has that. a great arc. She, to me, I think Kat she has, has the best arc in this yes. book. Yes. Yeah. She does. Because she, you hate her and then you're like oh my god oh what are you doing girl what's happening i'm so sorry i felt any way about you <laughs> <laughs> all right um who else we got Aaron? well and then we've got our three outcasts i guess kind of yeah the people that he that tyler gets stuck with first is finian the gearhead love him he is not what'd you say what did you say human is it how'd you pronounce that no, I'm saying what? Oh, Tyrion. Tyrion, yeah. yeah. So he's not Tyrion, which is what they co- refer to Tyrion. Um, like Tyler, Scarlet, and Cat. He is Beltraskin. Bel- yes. That's how he pronounced it. Beltraskin. So he is from a different planet. See, it was an accent. Yeah. <laughs> Beltraskin. But another thing, he also um, wears an exosuit. Yeah. He, so he's got like mechanical body pretty much that moves exoskeleton like a bug yeah like a bug he moves around his real limbs and his eyeballs are like bugs too yeah it's pretty much a bug he's a bug (laughs) there you go but he's a hot bug he's a gearhead um i loved hottie with a body (laughs) hottie with a body Um, bug body (laughs) um i just gotta love a guy with an art just an articulated everything uh, articulate <laughs> <laughs> I loved Finian's character though because as a person who uses a like mechanical device on a daily basis myself like it's not necessarily a physical device like my pump is my pseudo pancreas it's just nice to see characters with like different 
levels of ableness yeah, yeah. presented even in it like, was really cool yeah i liked 20, it 2380 exactly. you know like we haven't solved all of our problems this far in the future but like we've we're still looking for solutions and like think of our military now someone who needed like uh like an arm like a bionic arm or something yeah well it's just like anyone who needs um like not crutches what do you call them like no the people that have the things that they walk oh, with like the, the walking sticks i'm so sorry no it's not that i just say, not segways like, not prosthetics but not like crutches like if you're if you have a broken leg and a cast, but they have crutches? where I don't know, they still call them crutches, where it like clasps onto their arms and they walk with. Oh, them. I guess they called. Is it? Or and then Shit. some have. The I know ones, what you're talking about. Like the back braces that have that too, mm-hmm. like people who use those kind like of things are like in a wheelchair or something. Like they're still completely capable to do things in the military, but they wouldn't be in 2019. Still, they're not going to be active listed duty military yeah like it was cool to see that but he's still he's got like i guess you would say like a normal accepted job and no one really looked down on him for having the exosuit or anything yeah, yeah. he persevered and like I, yeah. that was actually one thing i made a note of like later on in the book they talk about like the reason you got chose last you know maybe it wasn't because of you know your yeah it's your, your attitude suit. maybe it's your attitude because um, he does like have one down but like his Loved defense mechanism. His back probably hurts from carrying the weight of this book and everything. Because I like he just, he was just so good. <laughs> he was really good. I liked him. I liked his sarcasm and everything. So I was telling Corey and Christy earlier. Yes, I read the whole book. Yes, I read their descriptions. <laughs> but I think because I took a break, I forgot exactly how they were described. What they were supposed to look like, and somehow. I don't want to mess anyone else up with their description. I completely forgot that Finian was pale, had pale hair, big black eyes, super skinny, just all around pale. And in my mind, he was Daryl from Bob's Burgers, the voice and everything to a T with glasses, nerdiest nerd, because he's also kind of like an asshole and yells at Louise and the Belchers all the time. (laughs) It's <laughs> just like the Because they're dumb and he's smart. Like, I just was like, I don't know. Every time I read his chapters, it was Aziz's voice that I heard. Like, <laughs> it just, that's just was him, that he was Daryl. And even and then when I saw fan art when we were taking a quiz earlier, which we'll give you the results in the end, um, I was like, oh, wait. I totally forgot that's what he's supposed to look like. I do want to know what the Betra scans. <laughs> eyes are underneath the black contacts yeah what are they are they is it all i kind of read it as like, everything they, is so pale just like white eyeballs clear yeah, yeah or like, do they have like pink ones like little I don't know. knees oh. yeah i don't know like is everything just so pale that it was more creepy to not have black eyes because i also think big black yeah eyes also creepy. like boot radley but i don't want to like I'm not going to mention my spoilery ideas. Okay, we'll wait. Here. In this oh, part of the podcast. Ooh. So, <gasps> I'll wait till we get to the level 5 spoiler okay. zone, but okay. I have some ideas about that. Cool. Anything else you want to say about Finian or you want to move I on? I just love him. I could talk. I could have a whole episode just about Finian. Yeah. Okay. He reminds me of <laughs> this, this podcast is now just about <laughs> only about Finian. Um yeah, Ty is the Gansey, um Finian 
is the Noah. Oh, yeah. He's the smudgy one. I love... Okay. We can't talk. This is a totally different book. I can relate so many books back to The Raven Cycle. It's so good. Because all their characters have deep connections to other characters, like their baseline feelings and attitudes. All right. Who else do we have? Erin's looking at cats now. She's drifted away. It's a pretty cute cat, though. <laughs> scrolling. Scrolling. Um, next with is my homies. Cal. Callis. Yeah. Callis. He is the tank. Bah, bah, bah. His. That's an. I wish they would change that name, but it's species. fine. It's like the muscle, right? Yeah. yeah. Just the logo for it was just a skull, and I was like, that's he's also human. Not, he's also not Tyrion. He is. Sildrathi? Sildrathi? Uh, Is that how you Sildrathi. pronounce Sildrathi. Yeah. Sildrathi? Yeah. Sildrathi. Doing our best here, guys. Yes. Yeah. There and even no the pronunciation s- guide. And even book. that Sildrathi. species or that, uh, those people from that planet, they have their own kind of system of what everyone is kind of born into. So he is like a, what was it? A wo- Not a warrior. What's the word? War? Caldra? C-A-D-A-L? Is that what it? No. Cad- he was war or something. Yeah, he's like a he's war- a warrior breed. Yeah, he's a war breed. Like a but warmonger. Or oh something. wait, yeah, like it was like war. Cadal is their type. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Cadal's the type. He's a war breed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, war breed. That's what and it he is. has three Sorry, swords. Way past my crossing on his eyebrow, and they all have that mark above their eyebrow. Like yes. I said, there's a lot in the middle of this book of world building. Yes, and it's a. A lot to digest. Yes. So. It's fine. Him being war breed, a lot of people are afraid of him. A lot of people hate him. He thinks he's only about war. And he kind of is trying to prove to himself that he's not just yes. that. Even people of his own yeah. species. Yeah. Everyone. Discriminate against his particular group within his mm-hmm. species. And we'll talk about why later. Just a bit. And then he's even more discriminated against for going to work f- for the Tyrians and joining the Legion. The Legion. Yeah. Terran. Yeah. Um, Terran lover. Dirty Terran lover. Had, can we talk about the pool? The pool? What in a court of thorns and roses we would call the the bond? Oh, uh, let's. I would almost say let's wait we'll a wait little bit until we talk about. Too far into the spoiler Ori. Zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's. I guess that's a little far. Zone. All right. So Ori. It's like the Our pool. No, next is Zilla. Oh fuck, Zilla, my girl. I love Zilla. The first note I wrote for her is uh, where is it? It was just Zilla is funny. I like her. I did not get enough of Zilla in this I have a big note about her, and I will say it later. Yeah, I really enjoyed... Her chapters made me laugh, because sometimes they were just, like, one sentence, or, like, one word, even. I found the part. Oh, of course she did. It was, uh... I'll I'll keep reading it. You guys keep going. Uh, Zilla's character reminded me of, like, the human embodiment of... Remember at the end of Deathly Hallows when i don't know if she says this in the book i know she says it in the movie where they're like they've figured out i think the three brothers sing or whatever and hermione goes actually i'm highly logical and it allows me to see past extraneous detail and perceive more clearly that which is overlooked like to me that's zilla summed up in like one sentence yeah to me (laughs) zilla was uh luna lovegood 
meets um, Zofia from Gilded Wolves. Oh. She gave me some Zofia vibes. Yeah, it was definitely a Zofia like, vibe. But and like, they and both then have Zs. It was also Luna, just I think the way they described her made her, I guess the big curly fluffy hair just kind of made me feel a little bit more Luna. Yeah. Love good kind of air. Like how she just randomly blurts out like one sentence. I picture it as something. Has like pizza airy, earrings. Light. Yeah. She's a little whimsical. Quirky. Yeah, quirky. I found the line. Say your line. Oh, Finian, they're texting each other on their devices and Finian says, did you forget to take your happy pills this morning? And Zilla says, no, I'm always like this. And then I just put in my notes, like a sticky note next to Zilla is funny. Zilla is funny. <laughs> just so serious. No, I'm always like this. Uh, one thing I, one of the quotes or whatever that I put out for Zilla is in one of Scarlet's chapters when she, it's like page 44, when she like first, when they first see Zilla for the first time. Yeah. And she says, uh, the green stripe of the science division across her shoulders does nothing for her complexion, but if cute could be weaponized, she'd be a pretty good candidate. Yeah, I that, remember reading the, that. Yeah, that's where I got, like, the Luna vibes. Yeah. yeah. I just, like, and I feel like as you get to know her better and her kind of, like, trigger happiness. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's I, great. I like Zilla. She was, she I wanted more Zilla. I hope in the next yeah. book there's a little more Zilla. Hopefully. It's good. Now, if you're ready, we can talk about our mystery girl, Aurora O'Malley. Yes, the girl out of time. She was frozen in cryo cryo for over 200 years, so two centuries there. She was from Earth, and she was supposed to be going to uh, Octavia 3. Octavia 3, yeah. She's a New York City girl, too. Yeah. So she, not yeah. not she too far bit, from our time, like a hundred so and so years ahead. So, so she's like our great-great-grandchildren's age. Yeah. Yeah. Our great-great. Yeah, she great, was great. going to join her dad and live in space, you know, for... As you do. As you do. Regular reasons. That time. The so Earth. I'll let you know in a hundred years if we do that or not. Yeah, because they describe the Earth as all... Well, she's looking out a window in New York um, with her mother, and she's describing... Uh, Central Park is being kind of like filled with uh, like I guess housing because she says something about like brown roofs and stuff and it kind of being smoggy and pretty much you get the vibe that Earth is trashed. Yeah, and Earth is trashed now. Just Overpopulation and yeah. yeah. I mean, we're a city like New York City where there's already like tons of people living in tiny apartments. Yeah. They just got rid of all the parks. Yeah, so the they're parks trying to send gone. people out into space now and she's one of the yeah. candidates. And thanks to her dad, who's on the project, she gets in. Thanks, dad. So, yeah, so she's out in space, floating around for 200 years. Sleeping it off. Tyler finds her. The whole reason he misses the draft, setting the whole thing into motion, the whole mm-hmm. book into motion, because of Aurora, or Ari. Um, I like her. I mean, I feel so bad for her in the beginning. It's almost heartbreaking to wake up 200 years and kind of come to terms with your whole family world life it's all dead and you're here you know nothing people around you act like the place you were going to live at didn't even exist i feel like the whole time it's just like she's not even really there until the very end yeah that she finally accepts that she's never gonna be she's 
kind of a new time and is a new person and has to just move on. Yeah, and like at the beginning, it's the whole book you're just kind of you kind of hurting for her. Yeah, in the beginning, she kind of hints at having some kind of powers. So you're like, okay, I thought you were just human. Like I don't get it. Yeah, what are these special things. She can see like things before they happen. She's had weird dreams. Then all of a sudden, she's like haunted or something and possessed yeah. by some kind of I don't know some like alien spirit. And she has these weird strong power she can like kill people with her mind and all this crazy stuff and she's just trying to come to terms like not only did she wake up 200 years later and the whole world and like the whole universe is different but also she's different like she one of her eyes turns white she's got a white strip in her hair she doesn't know who she is or anything anymore yeah so from her point of view like you love her and you feel sorry for her like for most of the book she just woke she was a normal girl and the, i think the last i remember reading and everyone wants to kill her and she they won't tell her why yeah yeah like yeah how, she's just also that on top of everything else <laughs> why like i would be terrified to be her like i just, I'd just be like yeah. put me back to sleep thank you yeah like i, I would like to go back to bed now yeah you. i think we're pretty much level five spoilers just by the way so this is the last, i think this was I the last character i was gonna level five spoilers yet i mean i think talking about Ori's powers is pretty much a level five spoiler. No, I feel like because they talk about her kind of because they talk about her seeing things, but that's also possibly part of the fold because it causes people to okay. have hallucinations. I see what you're saying. Um, and a lot of people are just like, "Oh, you're just hallucinating," and she thinks she's crazy too and is hallucinating until she sees one of her visions finally come to life in front of her. Yeah, and it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just remember reading Ori, like, the one of the memories she has. And it's really cool because uh, during the beginning, when she's starting to wake up from cryo, um, I keep wanting to say Gansey so bad. Um, <laughs> Tyler. 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 Oh, yeah, I uh, shipped them so hard in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, side, this is a sidebar. But sidebar. Kirstie's perusing the pages, I got it. her notes. Um, I listened to part of this as an audio book. Oh. And the i think the weirdest thing about the interpretation that the different voice actors used was some of them had accents that were like different from one another and i think it was to help differentiate the different characters mm-hmm. but like i think cat was like australian had like an <laughs> australian accent well she did say like arse it like it's spelled some people it was spelled ass and some people it was spelled like arse and i was right. like where's this coming from i just think it's they all live in the same place in space 300 years from now like we're gonna have accents yeah sure i'll go with it anyway oh it's fine yeah yeah i was i was very i was wondering about that too because yeah. i read some and i was like wait wait whoa where did this accent well, come in from the, in the book uh the audiobook um finian's cousin Daryl? Yeah. Is his name Daryl? Is that why I started? Oh my god. (laughs) It is Daryl. He was Scottish sounding. Like he had like kind of a Scottish melody. See I thought he sounded a little like uh, Alabama. Well not even Alabama. Just like a little. More southern. A little southern. A little bit of that like down home like a little garbage human kind of like he knows kind of the the garbage places to get <laughs> things when you want things that you shouldn't have he knows where He's to find guy. them yeah oh uh i was gonna say with ori because uh, when she was waking up they kept 
I really liked that they would go back and forth because uh, Ty or somebody would say something and it would be like Ty saying, this is taking forever. And then it would go into Ori's memory and the first line would be, this is taking forever. The man in front of me is whining again. So <laughs> yeah. it kind of like connect the two worlds together of like her memories and her visions with um, the current situation that is happening and kind of the words that are tied to her memories. And that started to bring up... Um, her storyline which i thought was very neat but i just remember her talking to one of the girls in line with her before she went into cryo so everybody who got picked for the third draft um i it was just when you finally realized she was just like a young girl and she asked this girl like hey do you want to hang out when we get up there and then she wakes up 200 years later as a completely different person but she's trying she only can remember the person she was and it's just like she was just like a 17 year old girl and she her all of her worries were about like oh i want to hang out with this girl and like meet cute boys when i get up in space and she was mad at her dad yeah she just had normal problems one of my the lines that i wrote down to like just ground ori in like our reality because like a hundred years from now seems like a really long time yes but one of my favorite things that she said was on page 117 everything i ever learned i learned from sims or books yeah 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 (laughs) yes it's a hundred years from now like that's pretty much my life and yeah. that's what I was worried about when I was Ori's age and like that's pretty much what I'm still worried about at this point um, but it just makes you feel that much more for her because she's like just this kid who gets kind of like sucked into this really shitty problem that like, she has no idea about right and like it, how so she can't really help fair? anyone <laughs> I don't know I, my heart my heart deep in the heart Are we ready of Texas. To go into our favorites. Yeah, let's let's yes, do this. Erin, go for it. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked the writing style, and I think it was cool having two different writers kind of collaborating on it. I really enjoyed the fast pace. Yeah, the beginning and the end is a really good good cliffhanger. But, like, the beginning was really good. Like, I literally read it so fast. I couldn't put it down. I was was thinking about it for days. I just couldn't stop. Um, And I don't know. I wasn't sure how I was going to like a sci-fi. So I liked... It was a good surprise that I liked it. Kind of. Like, it was nice. Um, Because... I don't know if anyone's ever listened to the Imaginary Worlds podcast, but they talk. He he has um, one about sci-fi and things like that, and he talks about how sci-fi is kind of run by men, and a lot of it's written and by through men's eyes and stuff. And that kind of gets to yeah. earlier when you guys were referring to a lot. Oh, there was a lot of talk of like boobs and breasts in this one, and not saying that he wrote those. Amy yeah. totally could have wrote those, but when I think of sci-fi, and mainly because I connect with that episode from Imaginary Worlds, I think of it's written by guys and how they portray women and what they think about. And oh, it's yeah. not every guy, you know, but like, but even like book covers, yeah, and like when you would look at like superheroes, comic books, all that stuff, like 
all of the women have huge boobs, all of them. Every yes. drawing, every costuming, everything. They're wearing heels. As you know, because it's do kind action. of more of like a guy's world, so it's like cool to have women and stuff in it. But it was also refreshing because every book we've covered on this and read so far. And for the most part, it has all been female authors, yeah. which is great. I love female yeah. authors, but I don't even know the last time I've read from a male author. I think the last on one my I, own. Like I have, yeah. I can't even, I can't even think. It probably was like Paper Towns or Alaska. <laughs> Uh, looking for Alaska. I think that might be John Green. Book yeah, John well. Green. Have to go and look at my, like, All female authors. Mine was Ready so. Player One. Oh, what's his face? Klein. What's his name? Edward Klein. No. You just made that up. Klein. <laughs> Something Klein. <laughs> Ernest Klein. Klein. There. There we go. No, I. I it's very boy perspective. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think it's yeah. very cool to read a book that's got a dual perspective. Mm-hmm. You've got six different characters. One thing I loved was like. None of these characters felt like Mary Sue's or like whatever the male equivalent of a Mary Sue is or whatever. Um, And for anyone who's unfamiliar with the term Mary Sue, Mary Sue is a character that is kind of written in a way that it's like so vague that anyone could put themselves in that character's shoes. So it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can be great to go into a book with a Mary Sue like lead character. That way you can get more immersed. It just depends on the storytelling style. But I think for this one, it worked really well. Like, Kat, like, none of the female characters, like Kat or Zilla or Ori or Scarlet, like, none of them felt, like, the same. They mm-hmm. all had very unique voices and definitely run into books where you've had, like, a cast of characters where you get lost in the conversation a little bit and you're like, I don't even, I can't tell who's talking because... Who is this person? <laughs> yeah, and, like, I felt like it was really well done and you could really get to know like you knew when Tyler was speaking and you knew when um, you knew when like Finian was making a joke or when Cal was speaking because he's kind of this grumpy reserved character like Mm -hmm. um, I loved that Um, the other thing I loved and you touched on this a little bit was the cover on this book is beautiful it's so pretty I I wrote the artist's name down somewhere. I just kept seeing it, and I had to buy it. Like, I was like, it's a sci-fi. I have no idea if I'm going to like it, but, like, kept seeing it all over Instagram. I went to multiple bookstores, and, like, that month, and the third one, I was just like, I'm buying it. Gotta get it. Usually, I hate uh, covers with faces on them, because I don't like to... Like, I don't mind... Like, description is one thing, but to already put, like, a vision in somebody's mind is... Another when you haven't even gotten to like read about the character, you already have this like predisposition like look to them. But this fit her character so well. The only thing that I have a qualm about is them saying it's a pixie cut and it's not on the cover. But I, <laughs> I like her hair cut. better on the cover than I would a pixie cut because I think somebody, uh, what's her face, cat had a faux hawk mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, she's got like the short I'm hair. already upset about the faux hawk thing. So <laughs> yeah, the pixie cuts where I can, you know get down a little bit more yeah get down and just make it a bob right just beautiful yeah Yeah, i liked how um i just wanted to finish my little yeah do it yeah went off but like i liked how sidebars well a couple other books we went over like the female characters were either really well-rounded and had full descriptions and everything and then the boy character the male characters were just like blah or he the was other hot. way around, like you know. Oh, I think I know we talked about it in Gilded Wolves episode you'll never hear, 
But I feel like there was another book that there's another one we went over and I'm blanking and like all the females were like I think it might have just been Gilded Wolves. I don't know. Gilded Wolves was just like all the women like they had to a T all these personalities and everything and then they just briefly talked about the males and then we kind of yeah it was Gilded Wolves. I think it was Gilded Wolves. They all have brownish hair. Yeah and you would kind of mix up you'd forget whose chapter you were reading because the boys characters all kind of blended together like they said some things that you could see the other one saying and it wasn't like that like this both because I think a male and female wrote this book so they all characters both genders were well-rounded and they described their outfits so well i never didn't know like who i was like whose voice i was reading yeah well i bet it's fun when you can like when you're writing this many characters i mean like this is a seven person perspective yeah and that has got to be challenging but like when you have a second person to like bounce ideas off of like it's probably a lot easier to manage seven perspectives than it is for a single author I'm not saying it can't be done, but I do think that, like, that's probably a little bit of an advantage. That well, at least, yeah, because you can make a conversation between, like, you and another person versus, like, you and yourself trying to be another person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's great. Uh, the cover is by Charlie Bowater, by the way. Oh, she, yeah. So. Always good stuff from Charlie. I just, I need to, like, purchase some art or something because. So much good stuff. I love this cover i think uh charlie did the i'm not gonna say it just in case she she i think it's a she i don't know i'm gonna say in case charlie didn't do it they um they didn't do it but i think it's charlie and it's incredible what is it i don't want to say just in case it's not charlie but i have to double check my references okay yeah okay just cut that off go aaron i mean cut it out later I mean, what do do? What I'm, else do you I'm like? Oh, oh, that's it. That's all your likes? No, I mean, I oh. liked it. <laughs> like, I don't have anything else that I you need a, to mention. At a, first, I wasn't sure I was gonna like the the Cal Ari pool, but by the end of it, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was still rooting for the Tyler and Ari. I did not like the Tyler and Cat thing. No. And okay, well, okay. I yeah, wasn't sure if I had it. a discount. So here's my dis. A discount. A dislike. Fifty percent off. Fifty percent right off. Right now. Cal and Ty. Like that was annoying. But for Kat and Tyler, that was annoying, their whole thing. But True. what really annoyed me was the scene where they're at what's his name's office and they get in that huge fight and all the stuff and then you yes. find out afterwards that it was all planned. But why did they pick such a personal fight? They never resolved it. They just acted like it never happened. It was but very like, weird. I couldn't tell because Kat was complaining about stuff for chapters leading up to that. Like, yeah. it was all leading up to this. I was like, this is real. They're really having this fight. And then they just, they got out of the office and they passed that part. And then it was just gone. I was, you just forgot that you guys just went off on each other and brought up this thing from a year ago that you it's haven't deep, talked about. Right. Deep well, thing. Like, Cat abused Tyler with a chair. Yeah. To the point where he has like a scar for it. Like, and I understand like they were children when this happened, but like, I don't know that that's behavior like long term that you should just like ignore or like let yeah. go of because that person's been your friend for so long. 
But yeah, I didn't like that we didn't know that any of it was a setup. Like, that it was all planned. Like, I thought Kat was really pissed in going to the bar. Was that planned or not planned? Like, did did Zilla really plan all of this out and tell anyone? Like, did Daryl really... Did she really bet on Daryl selling them out and Kat selling them out to get all of this to happen? Or what all of it was a setup because we didn't know until the end that i was like oh it went perfectly i had no idea that they were going to be the gia agents like i was kind of mad that i they didn't explain that more like kind of give you the backstory of all how it all went down like you know like a flashback Mm -hmm. in the end at least because i literally was like oh my god oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen and then i was like wait what like i had to stop i was it was getting late i was tired i had to reread i was like wait (laughs) It definitely so they wanted that to happen and yeah. they didn't just get in trouble and someone didn't just take Ari and leave. Like, it definitely is a scene that like gives you whiplash the yeah. whole way through. And that was one thing that I was like, why like I have notes on that it one. It doesn't yeah. get resolved. What No. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. And it's we like talk about it anymore. I feel like it was like this is just my opinion. Like I feel like it was real and like that was something that they wanted to argue about anyway Mm -hmm. so it was like well why not use something that we really can like put throw ourselves into like if we're going to make this believable enough that these agents are going to get distracted like let's just let's just go for it like yeah like what do you hate the most about each other the darkest thing i can bring it up throw it at me i just remember reading that part and i put two notes in there i'm glad aaron brought it up because you're welcome um so yeah these gia agents come in um with what's his face they're ready to kill them and they're in this like life or death situation whether they planned it or not and i think when i was reading it i i obviously you didn't know it was going to happen uh, or it was planned that this was going to happen but i was just kind of like um she is so immature and unprofessional and selfish i have no patience for her um was what i wrote cuz it's like they're picking such like Pretty much, I was just thinking, like, they're about to die and murder everybody, and they've wasted, they're wasting time fighting with each other about, well, she, and I, I'm specifically saying Kat was wasting time because she brought up this whole, like, relationship thing. It's like, this is not a good time to talk about this. Like, you guys are going to die. <laughs> like, just every, off your chest. Yeah, like, everyone's going to die. Ori, like, killed that Abraxas, the dinosaur the ultrasaur <laughs> ultrasaur abraxas four um yeah. or five four. <laughs> or six okay. uh, four um and then it it came out where it was like uh what's her face scar scarlet was in that helmet i was like oh thank the maker cat isn't the worst <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was still like such a weird argument to have like why did you pick that one like why didn't you pick some like fake one yeah. i don't know yeah yeah they never cleared it later yeah. they're just no, kind of like never cleared any of that up. is it like a maturity right. thing i don't know but yeah it was definitely like probably one of the more frustrating moments it's like well you brought that up and you're never gonna talk about it again no. yeah I mean, that's, fine. that's pretty, like, on brand for teenagers. It is. <laughs> However, I'm just going to say it because now's the time. The thing that's been bugging me, like, this whole book and why I didn't give it a five. Because, like, the overall, like, conversations they had. Um, 
yes, they are teenagers, but they've been training in this facility for, what, five years? And Cal's been training as, like... Cal's pretty much the only, maybe, like, professional one of them. But, like, they've been training in this very, like, strict military facility. And they talk, like... And act like regular teenagers in any given situation, even when they're in serious ones. They kind of don't take each other seriously, and they kind of act like everything's a joke when things aren't. And it's just a little frustrating to be to try to believe them as these like trained military academy, um, like cadets or whatever, when they're like bickering about like dumb stuff all the time. And it's like there's they trained for something like way bigger than this and they keep mentioning that it's like but you still act like 16 year olds or 15 year olds or four uh, maybe 13 year olds i don't know let's just keep going down um the whole time and it was super immature throughout most of the book and that's the thing that really like all these descriptions and stuff were amazing and the storyline and the way it was building but like i even put a note in for ori that she kept saying like holy biscuits and it's like i hate that so much and they mention it later why can't you cuss like a normal person yeah cat's like why can't you cuss like a normal person even though cat's the normal about me immature person yeah and then ori's like what's normal about me i'm so quirky (laughs) and they're all like 200 years old i'm 200 years old in a 17 year old's body i say holy biscuits like that's this is the dumbest thing. I hate it so much. So that was the, my main issue. Was like well, sometimes, you, yeah. Ari was the only regular teen, I guess. But even she was going through yes, some kind of training. She was, and that's the thing. It's like all of them were supposed to be these trained young professionals. And I related this book. Here's all the vibes I got: Ender's Game, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Valerian, Away. These are all the vibes I got. And even Ender's Game, like, yeah, the kids were saying, like, cuss words and stuff. They were even younger, but they were still professionals. They fought, like, adults kind of when they got into little brawls and, like, nasty arguments. But, I mean, yeah, it was just it was just strange, I thought. And that kind of turned me off. But they matured in the end, though. I did write a note that, like, towards the very, like, last, like, three chapters, I was like, They've really matured. We're growing up. They are yeah, growing up. they were, like, potentially dying like, yeah. stuck on that planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were just instantly, like, let's make some adult decisions. Stop talking yeah. like children. It's, like, Finian's jokes were one thing. I don't really count most of those as immature as, like, that's his personality type. But, like, the way they used their vernacular and language and stuff was just <laughs> very young for... S- people who were supposed to be very mature especially ty yeah as their leader i feel like they were definitely more and like maybe this is because they're like friends the dregs or whatever of aurora academy like they were definitely more interested in like talking about how hot each other were at certain points yeah i feel like the stakes and their attitudes about it didn't really change that much until they became intergalactic fugitives yes like where like the whole galaxy was on them and not just like the gia or whatever yeah so i'm there with you yeah i understand they complained about their first mission and their brother thing like that's yeah it is you're three minutes older than him grow up it's like you're you're both like 17 or 18 and you're supposed to be like like adults appointed you as like serious like agents of 
Aurora to like fly off on your own and trust you with missions and stuff and you're complaining about getting a lame project when obviously all of you talk like children so I would also give you the worst project first just to see if you could handle it handle it and not complain about it but obviously you did but you still got set up with a really serious project so I guess they really just, believe in you we're just gonna tell you to believe I guess you're you are Bye. the best of the worst so yeah all right I'm so box over thoughts if you guys want Corey your thoughts I have stuff I gotta okay. cool off cool <laughs> let's bring it down a little should I talk about good things before yes I on things good I things like? and then okay then we'll so, find the bad things out of the good things <laughs> that you speak of. I have one more negative comment, but it's like go for it. So stupid. Well, I'm gonna. I'll come back to it. Okay. Um, I'll talk about the good. The good stuff first. Um, so for me, this whole book gave me Breakfast Club, Stranger Things, Stranger uh, Things, Little Shop of Horrors, War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. uh, like all the vibes. Misfits. Yeah. Misfits. Yes. Like, it was just fun and it felt nostalgic even though it's yeah new, it still felt fresh but it also had like a lot of nostalgia with it and like when i think at one point i wrote down the first time we get to see ori use her powers i was like 11 yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot Question. to mention because the nose blood thing yeah nose blood nosebleed nosebleed <laughs> only blood from nose <laughs> does not connect to the rest uh, of body it felt <laughs> very stranger things to me um, it's really concerned for her health. Yeah. Because, yeah, 11 and Stranger Things, I'm like, her health is declining because of this. Is Ori's as well? I mean, her she's already, like... I thought it was at first, but I don't know. I don't know yeah. if she just got stronger. Yeah, She'll stop yeah. bleeding at some point. Is she going to go, like, full Saiyan on us? I think so. Super Saiyan. I'm her hair goes white. I have no idea what's going to happen. And then she puts I her palms no together, thoughts. finger splayed, and shoots a beam right First into Vegeta. Over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, one thing that I liked in Cats... Um, the musical? No. <laughs> Cat's character development. She so like Cat's kind of immature. She's very full of herself. Yes. She thinks she's like super hot. She's stuff. got boy problems. She's zero because that's how many targets she missed, Cat. Um but there's like a really nice moment of hers on page three eighty five where they're um so it says they're watching the Chilarians and the Bellerophon cut each other into pieces and they're like trying desperately to escape and like this is her moment like Mm -hmm. this is what she has spent the last five years and like her entire life basically like training for and she has this moment where um she says that she remembers as she's shooting down these enemy ships that i and i remember my mom was a tdf pilot and i realized there are people inside those fighters i've never shot down a living person before today all those hours, all the training, the cockpit where I earned my nickname, all of it was just a sim. These are real people out here, Terrans, fighting for what they believe in, just like me. And I thought it was just, like, a nice moment to have with her where she, like, humbles yeah. herself and realizes, like, holy shit, this isn't a game anymore. Like, this isn't practice. This is real life. And, like, those people are dead. They're and still fighting for something they believe in just as much as you are. Yeah. And, like... I thought that was such a brilliant moment for her character because she does put on this, like, well, I'm so tough, I'm better than everybody, and, like, nothing bothers me. Um, 
you know, where Tyler is, like, a huge part of her kind of weakness, like, I think that this is also a moment where we get to see, like, a little chink in her armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the other one that I wrote down was a moment between Cal and Ori, I think, is the one. Uh, Towards the end? Yeah, on page 417. Um, but Ka- uh, Cal is talking about... Um, who he thinks he really is and like whether or not he really belongs with this you know squad or whatever um and he talks about his mother's people have the saying you do not walk alone when you walk your true path i will be able to walk mine if i know you are pursuing your own Uh, by honoring your wishes i honor the pull that has called me and my path leads me back to my people um but um, it's just like this, I thought it was like a cool kind of quote about like being yourself. And like, even though I don't necessarily think that like, we're supposed to believe that Cal has it right in that moment. Like, I don't think we're supposed to believe that Cal should go back to his people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that moment of like realizing like, okay, who am I? Where do I belong? Like, I'm the misfit of this academy. So you start to see these characters actually like questioning like, do I belong here? If I don't belong here, then where do I belong? You know, what's the meaning of this life? And, like, I think it's kind of an interesting topic to explore in a young adult novel. Um, yeah. But it's I, a nice, my, like, existential yeah. question. But I do like, because uh, I actually highlighted a part after that. Oh, really? Because it's uh, Ori's response to it. Because she's just saying, <laughs> like, Cal, I appreciate what you did. They tried to spare me the obligation. I can't imagine how hard it was for you to do. It was so honorable. Um, and he's like, of course, I would for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, she asks if he could do one more thing for her. And he's like, anything. And she's like, would you consider letting me make up my own mind about you? I don't want to make promises I can't keep. But um, did it ever occur to you that if you let me get to know you that I might like you back? Um and kind of calling him out on like he's already kind of thought like she's gonna she's rejected him and he needs to let her be and grow on her own path We've and read she's this like story twice before yeah it's like she is just like oh let me like wait did you stop to think like i might also like want to consider this too mm-hmm. um and that your path might also be my path so it was a very Ugh. Farah and Reese and Matthias yeah. and Nina conversation. Because he already gave me, like, Matthias vibes a lot. Yeah, Matthias in was it. A But, like, that conversation, I was like, I've read this twice already. Like, it was cute. I liked it. But I was just like, we picked these books. They're very similar. Like, they're all different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I only have a few more things. Um, I wrote down, so, like, toward the end of this book, I was having, like, like, total meltdown, like, like, mission control failure. Like, I was having (laughs) so many feels. Um, Ari recognizing the infected people at... Yeah, oh my god! I was like, excuse me? Dude, yeah. And then there's, like, that moment of humanity where, like, the, I don't know, the plant person or whatever. Whatever it was called, (laughs) yeah. infected person, like... Wreck it, Ralph. Raham. 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 The Raham. Say it with an accent. Raham. 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 
Raham. Raham. Rams. Raham. Rams. Rams. Um, well, no, I just like I felt so bad, and like you have that moment where you almost think that maybe the woman, like she's gonna come out of it, and like they're gonna tell the the squad more about what happened or like what, no, mm-hmm. that is not how it goes down. No, it gets nasty very quickly. And then the next moment I had a freak out, which I I should have seen this coming. Her dad? Her dad. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, well, if they've seen, they saw his new girlfriend, where is he? Like, that's what I was thinking. I was waiting for it. Both those moments right before it happened, like, uh, I have it. (laughs) They were talking about the moss on this woman. Yeah. And I was like, people from Octavia! And exclamation point. And then I was like, it's what's-her-face. And then... Before the dad scene, I was like, the GIA agent. I was like, probably her dad. It's like he takes <laughs> off his helmet. Yep. Daddy? And I, it's like, oh. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I don't oh. cry very often, but that moment almost brought me to oh, tears. It was where sad. You're like, oh. if you can put yourself in Ori's shoes and like you think you're alone in the universe. I didn't think she was going to be strong enough for it and I thought the end of the book was going oh, to be her yeah. go, like going and then they have to rescue her is what I thought the end of the book was going to be because like shit she's going to go with them now she thinks that's her dad she has to go with her dad and the whole, and then they're still going to be chasing after yeah. her in the next book. I thought she was just going to try to like save him. I don't know. Being like oh like she failed like she knew she failed Cat. But still being like, well, he's my dad. I know he's in there. I hear him. I feel him. I'm going to save him. And then that be her mistake and they end up capturing her and everything goes to shit. But uh, I think like her. She did not because Cal came in and grounded her. Thank God. Like the lovers they are. Yes. (laughs) Are meant to be. I think her like connect her like spiritual. I don't know a better word for it, but I think her like spiritual connection with Kat while Kat was going through yes. the change or whatever and, like, losing mm-hmm. herself to Raham, like, I think Ori was able to better resist and, like, yeah. see the lie for what it truly was. Yeah, I'm really glad. But, oh, my God, it hurt me. Yeah, because she did, that's a good point, because she did watch Kat kind of go through the change mm-hmm. and try to help her out of it, tried to fight it, and then it was too much, so. But oh. she, Kat still, like, and fought with her, Tyler and then they the were. Oh, uh. So they had a little Doctor Who, number 10, and Rose Tyler moment. And oh, I was no. like, what is that oh. moment? You just gotta watch. Okay, I'll watch it. Rose I'll let Tyler, you know. I. <gasps> and then nothing. And then nothing. Wow, that like, is... Was he going to say it? He was going to say it, but she knows. She knows. I know. I know. Or, uh, or because uh, he Han Solo loved and me. Leia. Ugh. And she says, I know. Uh, All the feels. There's a band called San Holo. <laughs> I heard today. <laughs> Speaking of. So they're really great. Han Solo. And I was like, that's a interesting choice. <laughs> either mega fans are like you're not and you just like the weird not wordplay i don't it's all star wars it doesn't mean anything san holo it's good Um, though so what else you like one moment that i wrote so like we've kind of discussed cat at length here tonight but (laughs) cat affected all of us i think she's like 
terrible character, but she's also great because she makes you feel things. Her arc's so good. Um, yeah. So, like, basically her entire last chapter is just, like, evil um, put to paper. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, 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 it is. Excuse you. Um, I chapter wrote down, 34. Burn that chapter. Excuse me, cat, who gave you permission to break my heart. Excuse me. Yeah, with her memories. Yeah. Ugh. But the, this, the particular moment that I made note of is, like, right toward the end of her chapter, she's kind of succumbing to Raham and um, she talks about... Uh, I can feel it working its way inward now, encroaching on the tiny spark, the last ember, all that remains of me. I feel its power. I feel its warmth. I feel its welcome. I take off my helmet. Oh, my God. It's like that moment, like, you know she's gone, and she's, like, surrendered herself, and uh, it just hurts so bad. And then she goes on to say that... Uh, I'm a million light years from where I was born, and yet I'm right at home. I'm exhilarated and terrified. I'm laughing and I'm screaming, and I'm everything and I'm nothing, and I'm Kat and I'm Raham. And the shuttle door closes. I look on them with eyes that are still mine for the very last Ugh, time. That hurt me. I see him turn and look back at me, and somehow it's all right. Goodbye, Tyler, because I know he loves me. And like, that's her final moment, and it just destroyed me oh so much i just can't help but imagine that flower blooming into her eye and i'm it made me question like raham when she's saying like and i'm exhilarated and i'm terrified and i'm laughing and i'm screaming and i'm everything and i'm a nothing and i'm cat and i'm raham i'm like is this such a bad thing oh like maybe it's not as evil as we yeah and it's like like i feel like obviously it's evil because it's taking people against their will but at some point it's showing i don't know it's uh, yeah it's like connecting them to everyone so it's like is it a bad thing i'm confused now because maybe it's not no but it does kind of give you like a yeah it does kind of it gave me a little I know it's supposed to be, like, the evil villain, but it kind of had its flaws when yeah. they were like, we need Ori because she can take us to the trigger. She can take us to the weapon. Like, it didn't know already that she was yeah. the trigger, that she was the danger. They just wanted her to take her to it kind of thing. Yeah, and because... I was like, oh, it's not, like, as smart and all-knowing as I've can learn. been getting. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, it's learning, learn. and then it it's learns. watching everyone. And it gets at everyone's freaking brains, and it knows everything else. Yeah. But I don't know. I have some hopeful thoughts for the series. Yeah. Like, is Raham that bad? I mean... I don't know. And also, but they mentioned, like, the other people, and this is just a, a question I have, because they mentioned the Octavia three people being in the GIA suits, already being dead before they were mm-hmm. taken over. But Kat was alive when she was taken over, so does she become dead or is she still alive? That's mine. Oh. Like, if they defeat the Raham soon and not 200 years from now, does Kat, like, will Kat be able to be free and come yeah. back? Or 
is because everyone else was already dead or it's been 200 years so their bodies have perished by now yeah the line about her the final ember going out or whatever i feel like she's dead makes me feel like yeah like cat is is i mean i would think so or maybe also i think they want us her soul was overtaken so i would love for cat yeah i don't know i think her i think her like i said at the beginning of the podcast her arc is the most interesting and yeah and like beautiful i think out of anybody else in the story as frustrating so beautiful. as she is to spend time with most of the book mm-hmm. um i have one a, like it's oh, not it was a sad ending but like yeah it would it just did really great justice to her character not that it was a happy ending but it was beautiful and complex and complicated in the yeah. same way that cat is kind of a beautiful and complicated and complex character yeah mm-hmm. preach scene yes and scene and <laughs> scene um i kind of question where they're gonna go next because one i'm questioning the whole gia it's the whole gia raham because yes. they wear those masks i think so does like does anyone in that what's the other the ifa the uh I- tdf yeah t- tfd tfd i was like it's not tdf well tfd Terran defense force TDF. TDF. Oh, did I say TDF? Yeah. I thought it was the opposite. TDF. Anyways. Somebody told me I'm Did they ever did anyone Not from there ever get promoted to GIA or is the GIA just always been there and they wear those masks so we don't know who the GIA is? Oh my god. So are all of them the plant people? <gasps> for one, two, they have proof. They have photos. And I'm sure they could have documented yeah, do. shit from Octavia 3. And then they could go to the TDF and show them this stuff. Like, look at these flowers coming out of these people's and eyeballs. Be like, yo, stop chasing us. We need to unite and chase them together. But, of course, they think the whole world's out to get them. But Like, like the leader of Vetriscan, they could go back to her and yeah. be like, hey... Here's the proof you needed because they you sent us here. They literally have proof. Yeah. Maybe they will. Show everyone. I don't know. I don't I don't know if they will. They kind of said in the very end, like, like we'll do it not do alone, it. but together, the six of us. Yeah. They're kind of just do everything on their own. The but world. I'm thinking, like, they don't. They did set them alone, though. Yeah. It's Adam's in, like, alone, government corruption story. So, if the. It, but I'm worried how they're going to be able to sneak around in that <sighs> ship and get fuel. It's a and mix. Stuff. Yeah. Maybe this is. Okay. I just learned about political thrillers, and I was like, "What the fuck is a political what? thriller?" Game of Thrones. It's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, and it's basically like political stuff, like that's happening, like FBI and things. Like this is a sci-fi political thriller, yeah, mystery. I, yeah, I can put those together now because I know what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. The last thing I wrote down, and this is like such a petty dislike. Yes, um, I love petty go for it it. really is i'm here to grasp Um, onto straws of pettiness and run with it i hate the academy motto it's so cringy like i understand this is a book written for teenagers will you say it i yeah i marked the the very end too uh it's on page 43 it's we the legion we the light burning bright against the night I mean, so lame. It's so lame. <laughs> so, like, such a nerd. So I was not down with it. And the thing, the last note, well, the last two we notes. We pledge I allegiance to the flag of the United States of. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. But even cheesier. It rhymes the same way. Yeah. Like, but even cheesier because it's kind of just like vague star references. Okay. We 
burn bright, sure, whatever. Uh, what that holy biscuits. <laughs> I just hated it so much. The last two notes I wrote were Squad 312 Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I wrote was Ew the Motto. Ew the Motto. <laughs> <laughs> Closes with this stupid motto. They should have made their own motto. That would have been fucking say dope. It together. Yeah. Like, this, like, Ari like, had no business saying She had no business. She did not earn it. We I was like, I questioned. I said, Burning did, bright against the night. Burning bright against the night. Burning bright against the night. It just I questioned if Ari said that with them or not. I did too. I was like, I was like nah. No they said like, in unison, so I guess she did. But whatever. You have no yeah. right. Was there any other things thoughts. you wanted to say? No, I think that pretty much covers it for me. I think I got most of mine. But normally when you guys talk about other things, it sparks. Oh, yeah, yeah like I feel talk. like we covered a lot of it. Um, yeah, one thing, I guess I want to start with a just a question. It's not even necessarily like a like or a dislike. But I was just wondering the whole time if Zilla was difficult to write. And is that why there's not a lot of her? Oh. Like, because I feel like some t- they, they wrote a bigger paragraph towards the end. But um, at the first few that were short and just kind of like a few thoughts and stuff, I'm like, yeah, that's just her like personality and stuff. And it's kind of funny. But after going through the book, it was a little frustrating because I felt like it was a little bit of like not knowing what to write for her and and again I don't know if that's true or not but I did want to learn more about her and they kind of like wait till the very end to say like a few very deep complicated things about her um because Tyler calls her out about not knowing how to act around that would be a good question people Yeah. yeah um like was she the hardest one to write and that's why there's so few chapters because she's so smart and like complex and has a difficult time like communicating with people or yeah, maybe when they tried to write about her more like it just kind of fell flat and kind yeah of brought her character down instead of and leaving her st- as she yeah, was and then keeping it sim- simple kind of made us yeah. guess and kind of like aha zilla like kind of made me like her more yeah kind of like maybe they just were like simple is better mm-hmm. well i know like lee bardugo when she was talking about like because people always ask her like how do you write such smart characters like you must be so smart yeah and obviously like i think lee bardugo is brilliant she went to yale she's obviously like an intelligent person but one of the things that she said was like when she wrote kaz brecker like kaz brecker is like way smarter than she can yeah herself. and like the difference is like she had months and months and months and months and months to yeah. write kaz's thoughts and like take time to like get up to the point where she could think as complexly as kaz was able to think like on the fly yeah i also felt a similar frustration with zilla's chapter yeah because um i think you can write about characters who are like they they reference her as a sociopath i don't know if that's like an official like diagnosis or whatever but i do think that like we can write characters who are like mentally ill or like of different mental abilities or whatever and still give them robust and like meaningful thoughts yeah and not sum them up in just a couple sentences yeah because i think uh I, i don't think they had to dive like too deep into her story just yet or anything like that but just even the way they write her and other people's um 
like parts where she's involved is still gives her that personality that she has and doesn't discredit how they've developed her so it was just really frustrating to not read really anything about her except for when she was on like missions and they kind of mentioned her because when she was mentioned like I really liked her character and I was super intrigued but um yeah I want to know if that was like a tactical thing they did or if they she was difficult to write yeah she definitely feels more like a tool yes than a person a lot of the time because I feel like maybe her personality kept developing because they kept having a hard time writing her and that's why she's standoffish and a little I don't know I'm just super interested in her because there is not a lot about her I, <laughs> I guess yeah about Zilla. um yeah because yeah, there's just not enough of her and they kind of maybe I mean next book, book maybe there'll be more yeah, was like, maybe because series. like Ty doesn't have Kat anymore maybe him oh. and Zilla can like discover something what if Zilla is on the cover of the next book she what? better be Email us at angstybooksociety at gmail.com if you feel the same way. That's we'll put a poll out. Email, that's fine. Uh, d- club. Angsty Book Club. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many emails have bounced because they right. say. No, I think, it, I think if you send so an many email emails. to hello at angstybooksociety.com, it should reach us. I've, I've I saw you set up to forward. Yeah. So. so. Hopefully so. Anyways, yeah, so the main thing I loved about this book, other than all the other things that we've talked about, because I pretty much agree with those, um, was just the very beginning to the very end, because in the very beginning, Ori has a vision, which she really thinks is a dream, because she's kind of in the middle of cryo and waking up, um, but basically she's in a tower with her mom, and I kind of mentioned it before, where it's kind of like smoggy and stuff, but as she's starting to wake up a little bit from cryo her dream slash vision changes and all she sees is kind of these blue snowflakes coming from the sky and these vines growing up um like the buildings in new york and and the trees growing as tall as possible and i immediately put this in my notes first thing because i was like is this I just put important I have a few notes in in my book that's just it just says important <laughs> this will probably come back later maybe maybe not because a few things don't but um I just latch on to anything but uh I was kind of wondering if this was like just earth overgrowing over time like is it as simple as that um and she's just seeing the future pass and seeing like kind of the destruction not destruction but like the loss of earth and its people and then earth kind of regrowing and it being desolate from humanity and that's what that meant but then later we see those people from octavia with the flower eyes and stuff uh and again if you watch the oa like you will understand these vibes i'm talking about um so yeah so familiar but in a good way not in a weird weird like too close way but it it is kind of close but it's it's interesting to see how people like have similar ideas but in different ways but yeah so you see those people from octavia and it's like where is this going why do they have plants inside their eyeballs um and then they eventually get to octavia three and lo and actually finian has the same vision of his planet with this white snow is what he assumes and he's like oh it doesn't snow here um so they go to octavia three and then 
lo and behold there's this white snow everywhere and they're like oh it's actually pollen which is scary like why is there so much pollen (laughs) in the air that you think yeah it's like these nasty spore things just floating in the air and it's everywhere um, then it gets into cat's wound, and you're I just like, oh know my how god! It gets to planet to planet because they said it can't be spread from each person. I'm wondering if they like can plant something again. Guardians know. of the Galaxy we'll vibes, out. yeah, because uh, well, he has they, that little plant he plants on Earth and other places, yeah. and it grows, yeah. and well, that monster thing takes over. On Octavia, when somebody went down into the mantle or whatever, like, yeah, was, like, they binding. awoken. So it was like something that was. It's, like, they said it was hiding there. Yeah. So I wonder if there's like seeds they can take places, kind of like mm. Guardians of the Galaxy. So many vibes. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, like if people, I wonder if they have the GIA planting seeds so then the spores can start. Maybe. But I don't uh, know. yeah, whenever I loved that connection from the very, very beginning of the book, and they kind of leave it, and they kind of connect it a little bit, but you don't know from the just the flowers and the people's eyes that it's even connected to just vines and trees and. Uh, white snow growing in new york yeah um i I had game of thrones vibes i was like it's probably ashes and it wasn't Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so many vibes but then you get to the very end and you're like oh my god this is her vision from the very very beginning in real life vines everywhere white snow that's actually pollen this flower creature is taking over that was so cool and so well thought out i thought it was amazing um story writing and telling and then um one upsetting thing that I wanted to bring up from a oh where is it it was so upsetting it was the worst thing I read in a while (laughs) in like a good terrible way like it just cut you down to the core (laughs) yeah it was like real gross um oh dude did you guys not like probably did I don't remember okay pretty much I'm all oh wait here it is okay It's about the chimpanzees. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's these chimpanzees that have also been taken over. First of all, the jokes Finian makes about these chimpanzees, about these... They're so funny. ...chints and uh, chumps, chumps and choops, and he keeps mispronouncing it every single time, I believe, on purpose. Uh, and Ari keeps... Correct, Ori keeps correcting him, like, chimps, chimpanzees. Well, <laughs> conversation about what chimpanzees are. And also yeah. like you're sending chimpanzees to space and melting their DNA and like testing things yeah. on them. <laughs> These hairy like, humans. Two pages we have like an ethical discussion. Yeah. Kind of yeah. I was gonna write the vegan agenda <laughs> in one of my notes. Uh, but I, I took it out. But here it is. Yeah. So the vegan agenda. But yeah. So they're describing this um, chimp, a chimpanzee coming out to attack uh I, oh, it was attacking Scarlet, and this the the most horrifying description. Um, it leaps at me, opening its mouth to scream, and as it does so, its head just keeps opening. Oh yeah. Lips peeling away from its face, face peeling away from its skull, skull peeling away from its torso until the entire top half of its body has opened up like some awful flower ready to swallow me whole. It really brought... Um, the horror of these like beautiful plants and i they mentioned kind of when the the chimps open their mouth or i think one of the humans or used to be humans open their mouth there's just like these orange and red flowers down uh their throat i thought this was just the coolest development the most uncomfortable development and i can't get over these flowers like blooming through people like are their eyes still there does it eat their eyes like 
That's why I don't think the Raham is good. Yeah, I don't think the Raham the Raham's good. But also, like, they don't seem to mind once they're with the Raham. So I'm like, if everybody was taken over, like, would it be such a big deal? <laughs> Where are the stakes here? Yeah, I'm like, it, well, if everybody just, like, gives in... Like yeah, they won't have free will, but they might. They yeah, might have something. Say, no free will. There I mean, be different. There but they also be seem more people. fine about it. You wouldn't it. know. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, is the world so awful that we should just like let this giant flower thing devour us, and so then everybody's content? Anymore. We don't have to feel, but we also feel like exhilarated and like excited. No it would just be the big flower thing. Until there was nothing else left. Is the flower thing death and, like, is it the maker? Oh, God. Maker, help us. Maker, yeah. help us. No, the chimpanzee maker, help me. gave me super hardcore Demi-Gorgon vibes. Like, That's fair. Because it or describes, like, like, all the teeth and stuff. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is, like, some Demi-Gorgon shit. Fucky like, shit. This is where the Demi-Gorgon came from. This chimpanzee. Twenty one eighty. <laughs> oh my god, what is this I'm is sorry, I keep doing that. This is basically the the species that's coming in to Stranger Things and taking over and then so the Eshrevere upside down. This is the upside down. The Eshrevere defeat them. There is and now it's in the upside down. Twenty three, mm-hmm. yeah. We Hundred. We did. We, we did it. it. We figured it out. <laughs> all the full vibes. Circle. Full circle. Um, should we? I mean, that's pretty much it. I love this book. I love sci-fi. We've been almost talking for two. Amazing. Hours. Yeah. It's let's. So good. I can't. Can't not. Can't not stop. Can't. About can't it. not stop. I'm trying to think of like any things that. Oh, I was gonna mention. Um, a few of like the names and stuff. Like they had the Sagan station, and I was like, like Carl Sagan, like the astronomer, astrophysicist. I was like, that's super cool. I hope that's why they chose that. But I was just like, really excited about that. I was like, oh, an ode to Carl Sagan. Like, I hope. I'm sure it is. Like that's super cool. And I, I was looking for things like that, and I have notes in here, but I won't go over all of them. But that was one of the main ones. Was like, oh, Sagan. Yeah. You got your mention in here. That's awesome. Oh, and Magellan. Yeah, and Magellan. Then, oh, like Magellan. They mentioned one of the like the best parties um, in the universe uh, after the masquerade ball. Yeah. But one of the parties, uh, I was, I was just like, did this really happen? Because it talks about like a old school party. Uh, Chota. So cute. You know what? Guys, I'm going to find this one day. It was a big sticky note. I know it. <laughs> it was a black page. Oh, like one of the... Oh, here it is. Okay. It was one of those, uh, the black pages that's Magellan's um, little face. Huh? Oh. I stopped reading. Erin, there's so much important information. I just skimmed them towards I was the really end. upset they kept quieting Magellan because I thought Magellan had some great I ideas. I Magellan. And I was like, what if Magellan could have saved you, like, so much trouble. So, so many, many times. times. So much trouble. Like, if you would have just listened, he's there for you Anyways, next time. Yeah. That was the ga- gar- uh, uh, and sidebar. Yeah, sidebar. about Magellan. Yeah. Is he can only use information that was already downloaded and stored from Aurora Academy. Yeah. So he can't be um, tampered with by the CIA because he already has all the information he's ever going to have. So... 
He has a good amount of information. Right, but like the GIA can't manipulate data to make yeah. certain things look like they're they're happening when they're not. So I'm interested to see if this becomes like proof. more They have proof. Yes. Yeah. And Tell someone if this becomes like a more useful tool in the next Oh, maybe couple. Adams and them can actually like get into that from their from the academy. Maybe. Yeah. Because they watched... Anyway. Yeah, anyways. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so it was, uh, yeah, Magellan's little page before chapter 21. It was how to have a good time. And this is, like, famous parties in history. Because I guess Aurora is looking at parties. <laughs> um, and then, like, two of them are from, like, space places. But one in the middle is uh, history's second greatest party was thrown on Terra in 1694 by i guess terra is earth now so i guess they re they saved earth and it's better now so 1694 by naval admiral edward russell this champion among humans mixed 250 gallons of brandy 125 gallons of wine 635 kilograms of sugar 20 gallons of lime juice and three kilograms of nutmeg into an enormous cocktail fountain. Literally a fountain. Bartenders manning canoes work shifts lasting just 15 minutes thanks to the fumes. And it took the 5,000 guests eight days to drink it all. Oh Admiral Russell, I am but humble. I am but a humble uni glass, but I salute you. Um, <laughs> I, I want to look into this. I didn't get a chance to because I read this yesterday and today uh, to look it up and see if that was a real party, but I'm sure it, it was. Incredible. It sounds incredible. I'm interested to know more about this history. Yeah, I love that they put like little history things in there. They did a lot of like nice things like that. Sagan, great party, Russell, you know, good times. It's in the future, but it's like not so disconnected from yeah they bring it back right now yeah and i'm like earth's still there so that's still there. it's good to know her name's tara now tara you know fine. i mean was so um should we go over just i'm is there any last words before we go over like favorite quotes or something um we've said a lot of quotes yeah i don't know do you have more favorite quotes i, I have, have my favorite them. joke what yeah <laughs> what's your favorite joke whenever cat and scarlet are kind of like discussing things they always revert back to i mean i heard rumors <laughs> like that's throughout the entire thing they start just like talking shit about something or uh this one's about um where is it bianchi buys trinkets and artifacts from all over the galaxy but his main interest is exotic life forms he's got over ten thousand species in his menagerie according to this interview i read in last month's galactic gentleman and it's like people still read or people still subscribe to galactic gentleman scarlet ass eyebrows raised i mean i heard rumors i mutter um but the like it starts in the very beginning where they're just like i mean i heard rumors is like their constant joke in there it feels that they very just keep Animal Crossing to me. Oh, like, <laughs> I mean, they're just lying about stuff. I'm <laughs> moving in. Like, when you first talk to animals, they always have like their little one-liner or whatever. Yeah, with. like I've heard rumors. Mm, I've heard rumors. Also, they talk about um, the great Ultrasaur of Abraxas Four um, multiple times. They make jokes about it too, and then after the, I mean, I've heard rumors. Then they talk about the Abraxas, Abraxas, yeah, Abraxas Four. And then actually seeing it, I was like, wonder when we would be seeing it. Yeah, but we talked about it a lot. So much. And then you're like, oh, I guess this is like an equivalent to like an extinct uh, species or a dinosaur, which I guess it was. And they're 
then it pops up and they're like hey guess what there are space dinosaurs yeah uh, I remember when I first started the book, I was telling my husband about it because he loves science fiction and he loves, like, space and, like, if he could put posters of, like, all the moon and all the planets and stuff around the house and, like... Yeah. He would do it. He's obsessed. So when I started reading this book, I started to talk to him about it and I was trying to... I was, like, super excited thinking, like, I've got this really cool book that Glenn's going to think is super cool and I'm telling him about the... Like how they describe the fold. I love the, the fold. Why don't we talk about that? Paper that they fold over, and oh, yeah, that was he cool. like patiently like listens and like super attentive. And then at the end, I'm like, you don't seem super impressed. And he's like, well, that's pretty much how every sci-fi every sci-fi show or book describes time travel <laughs> or like like light your time yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, the right. shame. It always folds in half. I thought it was a cool way to describe oh, yeah, it. Yeah, the like, yeah, thing that fold. bothered me. Remember, I said like I heard Hydra was oh. randomly in there, like just random things from other things, sci-fi yeah, sci-fi things. But the fold, like that's a big thing in the Grishaverse, isn't that what they call the? Yes, like I haven't read that yet. Like yeah, the black. No, it's the blackness that the Darkling makes. Yeah, and they call that the fold. But it's like a void. Yeah. And so I was like, what? They're calling this the fold, and it's kind of similar. Yeah. Where if you stay in the fold too long. It's a little bit more of a verb, though. Yeah. It was just weird. It was like things that from, I don't know, all found in this one book. I just wanted to know how the fold, like how folds became, because they're not black holes, per se. Black holes happen when stars and shit explode. It's a wrinkle in time. I never read that book. I think I read it in like sixth grade. Or it's yeah. a wrinkle in time. It's just wrinkles in time. Wrinkle the paper. I don't know. There's different theories about how, how is it, it being wrinkled. Some people, yeah, it happens when you travel in time. Sometimes it happens when you travel in space. Sometimes it just happens when you use magic. Sometimes it happens when you like, use lots of things that make pollutants and other things in the atmosphere and maybe that's it and then it just connects you to another world <laughs> if all this trash you've put in you've ter- you've torn a hole to like millions of light years away you yeah, can just maybe. get there and now i liked that it grayed out though like it took their color and stuff away yeah that was cool i forgot to mention that and it made them all like sepia and like toned and black and white i don't know yeah the fold i thought it was cool but i still don't understand it and i want to understand more do we have any theories for the for the next book i know we, t- we touched on this at the beginning of the podcast so i don't want to leave people hanging just in case anyone oh, who's yeah. listening for theories because i have one about go for it finian's eyes no oh yeah i want to hear that because so, uh then they're talking about the people on octavia three yes and how their eye, their pupils were like flower shaped. Yes. So, what if Finian's natural eyes are flower shaped, and he's like some kind of like hybrid person, or he comes from a planet where this was like healed or something at one point, or like people found a way to recover or like built up an immunity to it or something, like like the better scans did. Yeah. Okay. Um, like you said earlier. Um, Finian's the other one who has these visions of yes. this blue snow. Very kind interested of. in his visions. So, 
you know, I kind of wonder if maybe Finian isn't, you know, the reason he covers his eyes or whatever is because there's something more. I think all the Betra scans cover their eyes, though, because even the but leader did, too. That, they're, like, a distant, yeah. Yeah, like, they, they've they cured it somehow, and, like, because how did they win the last war? What if they're Eshreviers? Because right. they're, oh my God. like, pretty much, like, Boo Radleys of the the universe their family but oh. they're like distant relatives yeah so, so that's have, my theory yeah mm. is that like mm. finian and his race or his species somehow connected somehow connected yeah to raham and and they live underground away oh i didn't even think about that yeah they live underground which is i mean <gasps> raham if, was found underground too for mining are the ones spreading it and they maybe they don't know maybe the sand in their atmosphere that they were talking about is something <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go <laughs> but they were saying they basically had like rocks in their wind and that's why they lived underground and that's why like their family is like kind of like I forget what it's called but they mudded the house together to seal up all the holes but maybe the sand and the rocks are not necessarily just sand and rocks but something that's spreading this creature because they do have vines and stuff going up and they're translucent or not uh, they're iridescent or whatever or glow in the dark i need book two yeah you gotta get these questions answered um i have not had i just finished this book before we started recording i don't have a lot of theories yet um hi rory come here um rory's a cat but i i don't know i do think they need to like don't think they need to go back to the academy but I think they need to contact them and maybe get a new ship because I'm quite concerned. Very concerned about uh, them running out of fuel. Yeah. I kind of want to see them go back to that... Uh, Finian's suit. Yeah. Finian's suit. What's the uh, the the world uh, the world ship? Is yeah. that the, the multi-ships? Okay, so if you guys have seen Valerian, I don't know if you have. That's essentially where they live is like a bunch of space stations got connected together. That's why I was like, whoa, Valerian. But it was this cool place. I hope they go back there. And maybe they kind of like hide out as little fugitives out there because that seems to be. I don't think they can take that ship back there without that. They gotta get an angry. I mean, guy they could just like them. dump it somewhere. <laughs> maybe but they have so many places Darryl to hide. Again. But uh, I do think uh, the weapon they need because they're now trying to find the weapon mm-hmm. will be on Earth. Well, they do owe Daryl oh. some favors. They do owe Daryl so many favors. And also, they gotta go back and see. <laughs> Daryl's the kind of guy who can get you things that. Maybe, maybe the a normal garbage stuff citizen wouldn't know how to get. So that's mm-hmm. who Daryl is. I don't know. This book was so good. It yeah. was really good. Pleasantly uh, surprised at my love for this sci-fi book. It's so good. Now I need to go pick up Illuminae. I don't know why I have been putting Illuminae off. What is Illuminae? It's the other sci-fi series that. Uh, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff wrote together. Oh shit! There's three books in that one, and then like a fifth or, or excuse me, a fourth book that's like a mini like a novella. Uh, but I have the first one. I just it's so big, it looks really intimidating. But it's um, written through like transmissions and emails and like stuff like that's that. That's cool. So, but it's huge. It's really thick. So I'm like kind of intimidated. But maybe I'll pick that up. There was another big book that two women Don't co-wrote together, and I forget the name, but you remembered it one time, but they came in to sign some books. 
And I was like, that's super cool. I need to buy this book. Sky and I, Without Stars. Sky Without Stars. It's supposed to be Les Mis yes. in Space. Yes. I have it. I need space. to read that. <laughs> Les Mis in Space. I can lend it to you. The can I tell you my intense. two quotes before yeah, yeah, yeah. we end? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they they have like everything to do with planets, I guess. <laughs> and love, as per usual from me. Um so it's this is cal and aurora but cal is saying um there's gravity to everything aurora and that was like one nice way to think about life is everything has some kind of pool um and he goes on to explain not just planets not just stars every cell in our bodies every cell in creation exerts a gravity on objects and people around it and that is what I'm feeling for you. And that's the romantic part. <laughs> yeah, but then later, so when I wrote down, he tells her, who am I to deny gravity? Yes, that's the next one. Oh I my was, God, I'm yeah. so sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, I think this is, oh, yes. It, uh, he says, um, uh, da, da, da. okay, I'm sorry. I finally say that you don't get to choose for yourself. And that's Aurora. And he glances up at the sky briefly, sunlight glinting in those violet eyes. Um, do moons choose the planets they orbit? Do planets choose their stars? Who am I to deny gravity aurora when you shine brighter than any constellation in the sky? So cute. Oh, uh, so so cute. sweet. And I love, I just love planetary references, yeah, you know? I mean, that's like Here we are. Level writing right there. Yeah. That is some romantic nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, romantic nonsense. I love it. It's so I'll good. It on a pillowcase and a tote bag. Yeah. I love that their romance was not overbearing. It was not so fast, like, uh, instant. Like, it's yeah, just kind of like, she's still like, like, whoa, either. I'm just trying to recover from being alive still <laughs> from 200 <laughs> years ago. Um, and, like, I'm very old. But, uh, no, it was really nice. Like, I liked that nobody, I thought, I was very concerned that everybody was going to ship each other. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be one of those. Like, they don't all have to be in relationships, but I guess they are now. And it didn't end up that way. They kind of just all, like, flirted a little bit and moved on. And the only people who have, like, some weird, serious thing was, uh, you know, Cat and Ty. But obviously mm-hmm. that is uh, over. I'm so sorry. And then uh, Cal and Ori... Uh, who have not yet started and it's a barely it's begun blossoming potential yeah but it might yeah you know here we are like the flowers all right <laughs> this has been real it's been real long real long I'm exhausted so um, sorry Aaron, you gotta edit this well yeah. if you want to call in favors we're here for yes. you because we'll be in your house all weekend yep. week um weekend do we want to talk about our august yes book of the cast yeah let's do it all right this was uh, voted yet not voted on. Look, <laughs> we got to make some decisions here at this podcast if we're going to survive. Um, so hard decisions. Since this book we kind of chose the theme was like the the anniversary of the moon landing. Congratulations, moon landing! We're so happy for you. Um, we figured for August we could have a back to school theme, and uh, nothing says back to school to me more to me anyway than a good old-fashioned murder mystery murder in a school in a school especially when it's a double hitter oh my so, god <laughs> um 
are nothing says back to school like murder <laughs> so we murder. literally have one friend who follows our podcast and all she wants us to do is read a murder mystery and quote unquote not weird things not weird romance novels <laughs> So pretty much I was going through my TBR on Goodreads and I saw this one that I've been wanting to read and I just sent her the description and was like, hey, is this up your alley? And she goes, I'd even read it with you, oh. which is the whole point of our podcast. We just get this one friend to read. So we made the a rest decision. of you don't and just like listen to it. That's fine. But she has to read along with us. Yes. Plus, August is my birthday month. It is. Yes. So and I've been begging you guys to read this book all summer that's true we've already talked about it actually during this episode i've touched mm-hmm. it multiple times i do not it own it listener the oh book of the month I even mentioned it is truly devious by maureen johnson i instantly wanted to say vanishing stare that's the sequel <laughs> that's we're just gonna sequel. start with the yes. sequel that would be skip you'd probably be okay eh, no i think you'd be confused i met somebody who does that and she just like reads whatever in whatever order and i'm like did you instantly murder her no because she's just like she's just really chill about books and she just wants to read something fun and light i'm like she's like it doesn't matter which one it is and i was like yes it does ma'am all right (laughs) (laughs) let's do it she probably is a very good person but she probably is also the kind of person who like throws all of her spoons and forks in the same spot I think she might be the, the opposite where the everything dishwasher. in her life is order and this is the one oh. choice she gets where she can just like create chaos but also free. only happy fun things. I I I'll respect it. Yeah. I I did too. I was like, way, "Whoa, you're living like your best life, I guess." <laughs> living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. <laughs> but one prayer. Yeah, vanishing. Van- uh, God, no, truly <laughs> devious. Truly devious by Maureen Johnson. It yes. is the first in a three book series. The third and final installation will be out next January, I believe. So January twenty twenty. It'll be a complete series. Uh, this is a great book. I think you guys are really gonna like it. I finished the entire series in probably seventy two hours, or at least the two books that are available. Oh dang! Um, it's a lot of fun, and if you like. Boarding school. <laughs> if you like boarding school stories, <laughs> if you like murder mysteries, if Get you like diversity me. and inclusion, if you like quirky weird teachers and people who have too much money and too much time, then I think you're going to have a good time. If you like anything at all, this book is for you. Yeah. If you don't like anything, if you're alive, books. Makers help me if you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> you will love this book. It's very fun. Um, I don't know that though because I haven't read I have it. No idea. But you know, I know. I'm gonna read it again though because I want to experience. It's only it. fair. Yeah, it's only fair. And hopefully Bailey will be back with us yes. next month as well. She can talk about Aurora Rising while the rest of us talk about. I'm gonna um, make her truly make devious. Post about she has Aurora to rising. Yeah, she's gotta do it. It's most important, Bailey. Do you hear us? Bailey, over ground control to Major Bailey. That song's been on so much we recently. Saw, singing so many songs. Ground control to major top. Yeah, it's we just have. one of those things. It's all about the he I said she said bullshit. You guys kept going. I had I just yeah. kind of hummed it in the background. I, I appreciated <laughs> it actually. I th- I like paused and I was like, mm-hmm. and you guys just kept going and I was like, oh okay, all right. 
All alone oh. in the moonlight. Uh, I have not seen that. I want to. Oh, it's so good. Ugh. I don't know if it's over there. All right. Thank well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Angsty Book Society. If you made it this far, we love you. We appreciate you. Makers bless you. Makers freaking bless you so hard. The hardest. Yeah. Maybe thank you. Not become a spore person. Yeah. So we, long. Yeah. Farewell. S- sayonara. Oh wait! Just say good night. Wait, what's the uh, the saying? Oh, we no. we are legion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Say it with me. I think it's page forty-four. Is the first. I got it. I got the last one. It starts on page four sixty-nine, oh, and then to four seventy. Are we <laughs> out on this? We are. Okay. Hold on. I hate it so much. We're gonna do it though. Right. Here we are. I would only do it for you guys. Okay, I wouldn't do go. this for anyone else. All right. All right. On the count of three, on three, or three and then go. On squad, three, one, two. Three, one, two. We, we the legion. We the light. Burning bright against, against the, the night. night. Are you kidding me? <laughs> against the Thank night. Thank you for listening. This Thank you so much. Angst, angsty Book Society <laughs> podcast. We're going to bed. Good night. Good night. Until next time. and Aaron from the Angsty Book Society. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Angsty Book Society and on Twitter at Angsty Book Club to make sure you're keeping up with whatever the latest book of the month is. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.